Many times we're very quick to react to stimulus. But my question for you today is, do you believe that you are applying the right tactic when you react? Or could your reaction be better? For example, we wake wake up one morning and we're 50 pounds overweight, you know, because it just happened. So what do we do? We get in the car, we drive over to the gym, we get on the weight bench, we pound it out, we act like a crazy person for two hours straight. Did it do any good? No, you're still 50 pounds overweight. Or how about when your significant other says something that you find offensive? Do you react in the right manner then? How about when your kid is acting out and you just send them off to the room for the night? We need to remember as leaders in our families, at work, out in the community, that it's our job to forward the mission. And we can't do this alone, so we got to figure out how to apply the right tactic to every situation. Leaders are not born in a womb. They are forged through heat, pressure, and a whole lot of sweat. The Fire Forge Leader Podcast serves the audience through exploring leadership at work, in the community, and with the family. Using a practical perspective and real-life experiences from the host, Steve Baumgartner, and his guests in The Forge. Now, it's time to enter The Forge with the Fire Forged Leader. What is up, leaders? Welcome to the Fire Forge Leader Podcast. I'm Steve Baumgartner, your host and founder. And I would like to take you on a journey of the forge where we're going to explore some lessons learned on the front lines of leadership. So today we're going to be talking about this theory of applying the right tactic. This is something that's become very, very apparent to me over the last couple of years that we need to be very aware of our surroundings. And when we do that, we can apply the right tactic. And we're going to talk about that a little bit today. So the one of my favorite topics of discussion anymore is my four-year-old son. Absolutely love this boy. He is just this big old ball of energy, doesn't know what to do with it. And I love being his guide and mentor throughout the years. So... You know, he's really my favorite talking point because he's so extreme and he teaches me more than I'm teaching him. You know, sometimes I'll tell you, Dominic, he he starts acting out and he's just in this internal rage. And I don't know what it is, but I, after really getting invested in this kid, I understand at those point in times he just needs me to draw him close. And you'll hear more about this if you listen to the episode episode that's called Steer Into the Skid. But anyways, he needs this physical touch. He needs this love for me at those points in time. 
And I don't know what goes on inside of his head. I don't know where he's coming from, but I know what he needs at that point in time. And that's for me to hold him close and for me to let this little four-year-old know that everything's going to be all right. But then there's sometimes, I tell you, he can be, he can be a pistol. And at those times, he needs a little bit of tough love. Quite frankly, he needs a swift kick in the ass. So that might have offended someone, but I'm going to tell you, there's sometimes that there's a nerve connected from one place to another in little boys, and you got to touch that nerve every now and again. And then the last thing, well, probably not the last thing, but the last major thing is my, <laughs> my neighbors thought that I was crazy the other day. We live in a cul-de-sac. And it was Saturday morning. We're, you know, we're prepping up the day, getting ready to go to jujitsu together. And my boy is just bouncing off the walls, right? I mean, it is just absolutely nuts. He's hitting one wall. He's hitting the other. He's running outside. What have you. And as a father, I had to identify that, right? That he had just all this energy. He wasn't doing anything bad. Some might say that he was being annoying, but he was being a four-year-old boy with a lot of energy. So I took him out front. We live in a cul-de-sac, and I had him do four laps around the cul-de-sac. You know, it's a it's a little bit of a kidney bean shape, right? And what we did is it wasn't laps to be mean like a drill sergeant. It was laps to have him burn off energy. So it's like, all right, boy, let's run. Let's run. Let's go. You know, let's beat your last time. And he just needed to burn off that energy. He had extra. He has way more than what I have, right? So let's switch away from my boy and talk about my spouse for a little bit. You know, there's sometimes where she might be wrestling with things. And I'm going to tell you, I don't understand women. But I understand my wife. It's taken me a long time. Um, and it's a lot like jujitsu, right? Jujitsu, I hit a point, uh, a point in time when rather than being completely oblivious, I knew when I was going to get my ass kicked. So I'm kind of like that right now with my marriage. And I'd like to think just a little bit past that. But there's times when she simply needs me to sit and listen to her. She needs me to look at her. She needs me to be totally open to what she's got to say. And I just need to listen. There's other times that she needs me to engage in that conversation. And it's very, very important that I know the difference in between those two subtle things, whether I'm supposed to talk and communicate or whether I just need to listen. And then there's sometimes I got to put my foot down on things, right? I need to be a little bit more stern to show my importance, right? And then there's just sometimes I need to be present. You know, I have a lot of things going on in my life. And sometimes I'm not the most present husband. 
and it's not that I intentionally am not present, but sometimes I just need to, okay, we need to settle down all these side ventures and I just need to be present because she needs me more than other days. So going away from my marriage to a work example for a little bit, if you're an employer and you have employees, there's different times times when they need different things. Sometimes employees, they might screw up. They might do something that they've never done before at work. And guess what? They might be going through a divorce or their kid might be battling an illness. They might've just lost their spouse. And we as employers need to be understanding to those times. There's other times when employees just need discipline. And I hate resorting to discipline with employees because I believe employees should, or not should, but do show up every day, 99.8% of the time to do a good job. I don't believe that there's anybody out there trying to screw up intentionally, but there are a couple. And I guess one example that I would see is that it's that one employee who always misses the day before and the day after holiday break or Monday or Friday or, you know, what have you. Sometimes that just needs to be addressed. Now, I would hope that as an employer, as a leader, we would talk to them first and explain the whys behind why that's not okay. However, sometimes it just keeps on going and we need to enforce a little bit of discipline. And then sometimes employees just get bored and they need to feel more engaged, right? So these are just a couple different examples. There's a lot of other things in that spectrum. But there's different things that we apply for each one of these. Before I get to that, though, Let's talk about self-improvement because I talk about self-improvement quite often. And I want to go back to the intro where we were talking about being 50 pounds overweight. So you cannot run away from poor nutrition, but for whatever reason, people think that going to the gym one time a week for two hours or whatever the hell it is, a couple times a week that they're going to work off weight. You can, but you also have to apply the right nutrition. And if you don't have the right nutrition, you're not going to lose the weight. So most of the time we apply the wrong tactic. How about you, let's just say that you lose your job, right? And you realize that, man, those were really hard times. I didn't have any money in the bank account. So right when you start working again, you start taking 50% of your paycheck and throwing it in, in the bank. I am never going to be in this position again. Then what happens is <laughs> you got bills to pay, right? You just blew a tire on a car. The water heater went out at your house and you pull that money back out. Well, you applied the wrong tactic. 
instead of 50% of your check, how about 10% of your check? Something manageable to start with, and then you can increase it as time goes on. How about investing, right? People start investing and they're like, ooh, I'm going to just take these large chunks. Then all of a sudden they get tired of living like a, uh, like a poor person and they stop investing. Or anything else that we start, right? We start things and fail all the time. And why is that? Because we see no progress. And that's for a couple different reasons. We don't see any progress because we're not consistent. But a lot of times we don't see any progress because we apply the wrong tactic. So let's go back to a couple of those, right? So those times that my wife wants me to simply listen. If I solve all our problems at that point in time, what happens is she gets frustrated with me and she walks away. And then it's a barrier to our relationship. She loses trust in me as a husband. What about that employee that just lost their spouse? If we discipline them for that screw up, then what have we done? We were, we were not compassionate to that person's needs at all. We lose them. They become disconnected because they are emotionally tied to whatever was happening in their life. And we just came and stomped on it. So I point all these things out because really what we need to do is we need to apply the right tactics in our lives, in our leadership. We need to apply these right tactics. So how do we go about doing that? Well, the first thing is, is that we need to create a pause. We need to slow those reaction times down. Give them a couple of seconds to develop. <clears throat> We're interesting creatures in the fact that we are so quick to react to stimulus. And I don't know if this goes back to, you know, caveman times or whatever the deal is, but there's a stimulus and then all of a sudden we're reacting. We're getting angry. We, we're getting frustrated. Our mouth starts flowing. So we need to create that pause. And that's the most important thing in all this is don't react. Create that pause to give your mind a chance to catch up, to give your heart a chance to catch up. After we've created that pause, sometimes we need to try talking first, right? Now, there's times when my, when my wife, she just needs me to listen. And there's also been times that I like, I'll listen to what she has to say. And I just simply ask her, honey, I just want to make sure that I understand your needs. Is this a time when I listen or is this something that you want my input on? And she'll tell me. And I believe that her telling me is because she has trust that I'm asking 
out of compassion, right? That I'm trying to meet her needs. But before we get to all this, right? To really understand, to apply the right tactic, we need to have personal relationships with people. It's really hard. (laughs) I mean, imagine this, right? So, no matter whose fault it is, there's, uh, you know, two guys bump into each other. They're going into a quick trip, you know, and, you know, they both got a little bit of a chip on their shoulder that day, what have you. And one guy starts yelling at the other guy, right? Say someone starts yelling at me. I can't go. Hey, dude. Hold up. Is this the time when I'm just supposed to listen or do you want me to comment something back? Are you looking for my input? That's not going to work, right? So we need to have that personal relationship with people for this to work. So it takes a little bit of a background. So with that personal relationship, we've, we understand the needs of that other person. Like my my son, for example, it was, you know, he's four years old. I've spent the last four years getting to know my son. All right. I'm parenting him, but I'm also getting to understand him. I'm getting to know him. He's becoming my son as well as a friend. And don't get me wrong. I'm a father first, a friend second but we have that personal relationship. I understand what he needs when he acts a certain way because I've been observing him. I've been talking to him. I understand when something's not right. So then when we have that understanding, we can actually apply the right technique. I can grab my son and pull him in tight and just hold him. And generally he melts into butter because I understand who he is and what he needs at that point in time. So I can apply that right tactic. Because my wife and I have that personal relationship. I I can say, honey, is this a time that I'm supposed to listen or a time when I'm supposed to engage? And that helps me apply the right tactic. when I'm dealing with an employee, I can ask that employee and let's just say his name's Bill. Hey, Bill, I've noticed, you know, your, your effort here is starting to kind of wane off a little bit, you know, and you're an awesome employee and I just want to make sure that we're engaging you correctly. Uh, You know, how's everything going? And if you have that personal relationship, you can build on that, right? Bill could go, you know what? (sighs) My 16-year-old daughter, she's been pretty sick lately, and we took her to the doctor. And they referred us to a cancer doctor. With that personal relationship, 
that person can confide in you and then you can apply the right technique. You know what, Bill? I get it. I get it. That's horrible, man. It's yeah. I don't know. How can I help? You know, is there, uh, you know, do you want to, do you want to go work on something a little bit more busy to, uh, keep your mind off from it? Do you need a little bit of time off? You know, whatever the case may be, you can have that next conversation rather than just applying discipline, which would be the wrong tactic. And at the end of that, at the end of the day, that employee is going to respect that moment in time. And then sometimes we apply the wrong tactic and we realize it really quickly. But don't allow it to stop there. Reapply is necessary. Pull out the next next tactic, right? Okay, so my wife got upset when I started engaging in the conversation. She just wanted me to listen. I understand that now. She doesn't walked away, but I can go into the next room and go, honey, I'm sorry. I didn't understand what you needed for me at that point in time. Can we start this? this over and I'll, I just want to sit here and listen to you because I know that's important right now. So we can reapply these tactics. We don't have to give up on the first one that got us in trouble, right? With my son, there's been sometimes I've popped my top at him and it wasn't the right tactic. And after I give myself a little bit of time to breathe, I can go back. And I can do the right tactic. And it generally ends up in the right place again. So let's recap these a little bit. And it's simply five points. Let's create that pause so that our brain can think about it. Our hearts can feel it a little bit. We're going to try talking first. Develop those personal relationships Apply the right tactic because you know this person personally. And then if we screw up, simply reapply as necessary. Don't give up on that first application. So that's all I got here for you today. And just to cap this off, leaders, you have come here to listen to this message. But listening is not enough. I ask you today, what are you going to apply this week, this month, or this year? Remember that when you become a better leader, you become a better spouse, a better parent, a better coworker, and ultimately that person others want to follow. So I challenge you to grow in your leadership skills. I challenge you to do it for your family, for your community, and for the ones that you lead at work. And also do it for yourself. So if you appreciate what you heard here today, I really invite you to leave a rating and review. What that does is it helps us climb in the charts so that more people get this message. I believe that if you found value in this message, which I get a lot of emails in stating that people do, that other people are going to find value in it too. So don't hold it hostage from other people. 
give it a rating, give it a review, and hit that subscribe button so that you don't miss an episode. Continue to join us right here in the Forge as we bring you lessons learned on the front lines of leadership. We have some amazing guests coming up, such as Nick Lavery, Nancy Regan, Tony Ojeda, Ray Cashcare, and some other people that I'm working with in the background. We also have a co-production coming up from myself and George Williams of Reliability X, where we're going to be bringing on some guests and do a live uh, Q&A platform. So anyways, a lot of exciting stuff. Go out there and lead with intent. You have just experienced the heat and pressure of the forge. Remember, words without action are meaningless. Now, after the heat of the forge, shape your thoughts, quench your brain, then put your new tools to use, adding to your leadership. Tune in next week for more lessons from the forge.